one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Billie Jean King Cup by Gamebridge Finals, where Matt Roberts is in Glasgow. Matt, how are you? I've made it. I'm very well, thank you. I'm, I'm a little bit on edge at the moment because I feel like I'm in a place where I maybe shouldn't be. <laughs> I, I am fine. I've been told that I can record here, but I'm sort of expecting someone to come in at any moment and kick me out uh, because I'm in the press conference room, which is where I've spent the majority of today. And yeah, it just it just sort of feels like it should be off limits, but apparently it isn't. And I'm here. Right. Yeah, because we should say, Tennis Podcast listeners, this is our second go at recording this particular show. We didn't get past, uh, well, we didn't even press record because just when we were about to, Matt was stationed inside the stadium. He showed me uh, the camera view uh, that he had from the very back seat in the stadium overlooking the court that they're going to be playing on over the next week at Billie Jean King Cup Finals. And then just as we were about to record, some music started up. Uh, and this was following what was going on with the British team, Matt? It was an initiation ceremony for Olivia Nichols and Alicia Barnett, who are pretty unfamiliar names, but they've been they've been called up by Anki Othavong to play doubles here in Glasgow if required. And yeah, it's their first appearance in the Billie Jean King Cup. So they had to do an initiation. They were introduced by Heather Watson. And then they did some kind of rap. Uh, I, I, I can't put any more detail on it than that. I'm pretty sure Catherine would have been absolutely scathing of it. Um, but it happened. And then, as you said, I thought that was over. I thought we would then have a window to record um, because I'd, I'd, I'd scouted out that as a good recording spot throughout the day. And then, of course, all these interruptions came. But I thought we had a window, but no, because they started practicing tomorrow's opening ceremony and um, started playing Kama, 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 Chameleon. Uh, which, oh, from Culture Club. Yes, which, you know, might not have been the great background track for this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Check me out with the 1980s musical references. Okay, well... 
I'm sorry, listeners, that we weren't able to bring you exclusively the initiation <laughs> ceremony on the quiet. Matt failed you. Uh, so we can, we've only got it for you anecdotally. Uh, You're not missing much. <laughs> okay. Right. Well, what we're going to do is uh, preview the, the, the Billie Jean King Cup finals, which are going to go on until what? Sunday play starts tomorrow Tuesday so it's uh it's a lot to cram in all of the teams are in town uh we have had one withdrawal I saw uh from America we we were sort of speculating on it Catherine and myself this morning when we were recording our Paris review show and uh, and looking back on the WTA finals semis and you and I were talking about it yesterday Jessica Pagula and Coco Golf of course playing all of those matches, going 0-9 over in Fort Worth and then facing the prospect of coming over to Glasgow. Well, Coco Goff has made it, but Jessica Pagula hasn't. And uh, I'm not hugely surprised. I, and I I do feel for her because I'm sh- I'm sure she would love to have been there. But what, what are they doing now, Matt, America? Right, yeah. So Pagula is absolutely gutted that she can't be here. She was part of the team that uh, helped America get to these finals. She played in the qualifiers back in April. I think it was pretty obvious, though, to anyone who watched her in Fort Worth that it was going to be a it was going to be tough for her to get here. So she isn't playing, and she's been replaced by Katie McNally, who has um, been in good form, just won a title at, at one of the lower levels, and she's actually arriving tomorrow morning. So Coco Goff is is already here, as you said. She just landed. She didn't make it in time for the press conferences today, but she is in Glasgow, and McNally arrives tomorrow to make up the USA Five along with Taylor Townsend, Danielle Collins. And Madison Keys, and yeah, it's a it's a big talking point. There's quite a lot of British press here, and from the big newspapers, and they were they were asking those questions in the press conference. You know, you've been hit hardest by the close proximity of of the two events. Um, what are you going to do to try and cope with it? And Kathy Rinaldi, the U.S. captain, used the words "banged up." to describe how she thinks Coco Goff will arrive. It, it's completely an unideal situation, but, um, you know, I think everyone's hoping that the sort of adrenaline of a team event and the strength and depth that the US have anyway will help Coco Goff be able to hopefully play some part in this event, which will be her her debut in the competition. Yeah, well, I, it does add something, though. I, I mean, look, it's a shame for Jessica Pagula, but... It's an interesting variable because they are probably one of the strongest teams in the competition, aren't they? And this now damages them a little bit, their hopes. And, I mean, it makes for a really compelling week ahead and and the matches that that we've got to look forward to. And we're going to preview as much of it as we can. Matt's been in all the press conferences today. Um, this, This event is being played inside the same stadium that they hosted the Davis Cup um semi-finals I think back in 2015 against uh, Australia uh, for Great Britain when uh, Britain had their run to the Davis Cup victory um, and it was was it also used a few weeks ago this place yeah that's right it was used for the uh, Davis Cup qualifiers that took place just after the US Open where um, Great Britain actually lost didn't they to the USA and the Netherlands meaning they won't be in in Malaga for the Davis Cup finals yes everyone keeps um sort of assuming that I've been here before because it's a you know it's it's a very <laughs> Tennessee venue and as you said it's it, it's been used a lot over the years and 
I'm, I'm asking very basic questions like, where are the toilets? And people are looking at me like, haven't, haven't you been here before? But no, I haven't. So I'm still finding my way around. Uh, it's, it's a nice stadium though, isn't it? It's, uh, and it's one of those that you don't actually need that many people in to create a, a noise. Um, but, I mean, what are you expecting in terms of, of people in the stadium generally? Are they expecting a decent crowd? Well, I inquired about that today and I got sent through some figures of what they're expecting across the week. You know, these are the sort of ticket sales so far. And what I should say is that it's a, it's a single ticket for each day. So it's not, mm. so there are two sessions. There's a morning session and an afternoon session, but it's a single ticket. So therefore, the expectation is that the morning sessions are not going to be as busy uh, and then more people will probably arrive for the afternoon. And what we're expecting tomorrow, um, a capacity of around 4,800, uh, around 2,800 of those tickets have been sold. Uh, and then it sort of increases from there across the week and we're up to about 80% of tickets sold for the finals on on Sunday. Um, mm. So hopefully there's some room for those numbers to go up. But as you said, if we're if we're at seventy or eighty percent capacity for those matches in the afternoon sessions, I suspect there'll be a pretty good atmosphere in here, particularly of course for the for the GB ties. But you know, let's be real here: the atmospheres may not be great for Slovakia, Australia tomorrow morning. Mm, yeah, no, understood. I, mean, I think there'll be a decent walk up, I would imagine, um, from locals, particularly for the mm. the Great Britain tie tomorrow afternoon and. Uh, should say as well, we'll we'll put the the link for tickets in our show notes for you, so that if uh, if anybody's interested in going along over the course of the week to this event in in Glasgow, the Billie Jean King Cup Finals. I mean, you do have some fantastic tennis players coming your way, and anybody who's witnessed this competition when it used to be known as the Fed Cup. I mean, I, I covered it when it was in Bath and uh, and the the Copper Box uh, in 2019, which is a uh, Bath certainly. I think is that the one where it, where it was a repeat of um, Great Britain against Kazakhstan. I can't remember exactly where that one was played, but that was a that was a brilliant tie. Yeah, Great Britain Kazakhstan was. Uh... In 2019, at the Copper Box, right, that, yeah. was the, that was the last tie that Britain played on home soil. And then there's this sort of symmetry because uh, Great Britain's first tie here tomorrow is also against Kazakhstan. So their sort of their homecoming is against the team that they last played at home. And I think you know the players are really trying to draw on those memories and hope that they can evoke some of the same emotions because yeah, you, yeah you and I were both there and it was a very, very special occasion back then. Yeah, no, it was. I, I loved it. And uh, the same with the Davis Cup. These are countries going against each other and, and the will, you know, I, I suppose we'll have to wait and see, won't we, as you said, for for nations that aren't Great Britain, what the atmosphere is like, how many spectators come over f- from the the respect of the various countries and some are f- further away than others i mean australia for instance you know it's uh, it's a big ask to get anybody over from there but we'll see what sort of atmosphere over the week is created and be able to assess it as as it goes on as this event and its evolution continu- continues to sort of find its way really and it's the same with the davis cup finals they've made little tweaks haven't they year on year but one thing we can be sure of matt 
it's going to be a better atmosphere than it was last year <laughs> because the place was, aside from you, deserted. Yeah, that's right. There were there were very good atmospheres for the Czech ties, and that was pretty much it last year. It was very deserted. I was sometimes walking around that venue. And you didn't really know there was even an event going on. Uh, and, the, and the press rooms were extremely quiet as well. Whereas here, with it being, being in the UK, there's a large British press pack here. And I, I imagine most of them will stay throughout the week, even if, uh, even if GB lose in the group stages. Mm, yeah. Now, we had these press conferences take place today. I imagine in the very room that you are mm-hmm. sitting in at the moment, Matt. Um, and you were reintroduced <laughs> to your good friends from Switzerland. Now, if uh, if anybody here doesn't know the story, um, a year ago when Matt was covering the Billie Jean King Cup finals in Prague, um, the final was between Switzerland and Russia. And uh, after it, there was a bit of bit of controversy, a bit of tension, <laughs> to say the least, over I can't exactly what exactly was it over now, Matt? Can you remember? Basically, Switzerland were unhappy that uh Russia or the Russian Tennis Federation, as they were, had made a very late switch to their nominations for the final, which basically changed the order of their team and meant that they got the player they wanted to face Belinda Bencic rather than their number one, Anastasia Pavlyuchenko, but she pulled out in the last minute. So Switzerland were very, very unhappy, and they basically said that there was no injury and that it was a sort of manipulation and pretty much cheating. They pretty much accused them of cheating, and I was uh, sort of... I was going to say caught in the crossfire, but I don't think I was. I was actually sort of prodding them and uh, getting and getting <laughs> these quotes out of them because I was, yeah, I was the only one on, in the Matt. room. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. And honestly, if you if you want to hear Matt's conversation with the likes of Heinz Guntart, the uh, the Swiss captain and his team uh, from last year, do go back and have a listen to last year's final uh, tennis podcast, which is still available on our feed from the Billie Jean King Cup last year. And of, of course, we should add that Russia champions last year not playing the event this year because of the invasion of Ukraine and the subsequent ban of of Russia from both the Davis Cup and the Billie Jean King Cup. Um, But Switzerland very much are in Glasgow. And so Matt was reintroduced to Heinz Guntart and the team. Let's have a little listen to that. After reaching the final last year and having that end the way it did. I'm just wondering how much you've had your eyes on this event this year and presumably motivations high to go one step further. Yes, that is true. Motivation is very high to go one step further. When you have tasted victory, you want some more. It's a lot sweeter than losing, obviously. So um, it proved to us that we can compete with the best and we have more or less the same team with you know, one addition. And um, the girls are only getting better, so we're going to be difficult to beat. It was obviously a new experience for everyone last year with the format change. I'm just wondering, playing it for the second time, is there anything that you learned last year that you're taking into this year, either to keep the same or do differently? No, it was just good. We learned last year. <laughs> it's wrong question. Yeah. Um. It was just a confirmation how important doubles is in this event. Literally, it's not like we didn't know that before. 
but it's absolutely crucial. And somewhere it's actually nice that the doubles just counts as much as the singles does. Because, uh, you know, throughout the year, most of the time, that's not really the case. It's almost like a little bit of an afterthought. Not in this event. No, not in this event. Actually, I think Heinz Guntart makes a very good point there. And it, and it is something that I love about the this competition and Davis Cup as well now is the way doubles is elevated. And it it's a dis, it's a deciding factor in in so many of these ties now which which i love but what i also loved is just the little reminder of jill teichman <laughs> popping up mid press conference a year ago because if i'm not mistaken matt that sounded very much like jill teichman who just got involved in your in your press conference there without being addressed <laughs> yeah she told me i asked the wrong question <laughs> <laughs> didn't she say that last year as well? <laughs> yeah she made an off mic comment last year as well and yeah honestly it was like being transported back uh to you know a lot of the same people Goljevich, Bengtschik, Heinz Gunthardt, Teichmann all there um not quite so tense this time around but clearly there are some very very I don't know if bitter is the right word, but pretty bitter feelings about how that ended and they want to put it right. They feel like they were wronged. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm very in on on the Swiss team this year, as I was last year, and I'm, I'm absolutely fascinated to know whether they can sort of channel that feeling that they've got and, and turn it into good tennis. They were, they were asked in French whether they felt like they needed revenge on this competition and, and Heinz Gunnar said that he, he felt that was a bit of a bit of a strong word but he said nobody is going to out try us at this event they are they are highly motivated I think because of the events of last year's final that's a great line uh okay well Switzerland find themselves in a group with Canada and Italy in group A basically what, what are we looking at here there's four there are four groups of three teams in each group and the top team in each group goes through to the semis. That's right, yes. And in this group in particular, it's very interesting because Canada finally have got a strong team out. I, I don't know whether you remember last year, they had a team of Françoise Abanda, Rebecca Marino and Carol Zhao playing their playing their singles matches. And they, and they did pretty well because they managed to win a tie. Yeah. But they were without Leila Fernandez and they were without Bianca Andrescu. And now... Both of those two are here, and it Ooh, therefore great. it therefore feels like a bit of a fresh start for Canada because there's been a lot of excitement about the whole generation of Canadian players, both on the men's side with Shapovalov and Oji Aliasim, but also on the men's side with with Fernandez and, and and Andrescu, and yet those two haven't been part of a team together in this competition. In fact, Andrescu hasn't played this event since. 2019 before she was a Grand Slam champion you know so much has changed since then so I think it's exciting for Canada to have those two in their ranks and Andrescu was pretty punchy about her form she said she feels like she's been playing well the only thing she's not happy with this is a direct quote is the 46 next to my name in terms of her ranking and she said she wants to be top 10 in the next six months wow which which was an exciting exciting line, I think. 
as the lights have just gone out in the press conference room and I've been plunged into darkness. This is this is just so much fun doing these <laughs> podcasts with Matt. I now cannot see Matt on the Zoom. <laughs> he literally can't see him. Anyway, I'm assuming you're still there. <laughs> I'm still here, this David. This is so good. I don't know whether I need to it wave was... my arms and cause some movement for the lights to come back on or whether I need to open the door or something. If you're happy with me staying in the dark, I can I can stay here. <laughs> well, what what I what I particularly like, Matt, was <laughs> it was like the ultimate mic drop at I'm going to be top ten in six months, yes. and then suddenly the lights went out. <laughs> it's fantastic. I tell you, I was just thinking how Catherine would will be punching the air mm. here in that quote. You know, that's exactly the kind of of uh, nailing the colours to the mast type of quote she likes you know say what you're going to do and go do it especially if it's Bianca Andreescu oh well fantastic well I can't see Matt folks uh, but I can hear him as you can so I'm kind of in the same boat as you are really except I get to ask him the questions um the, the other team in this uh, oh oh I can see uh, he's been illuminated by his own scr- computer screen <laughs> You look like something out of the Blair Witch Project. <laughs> it's a very temporary terrifying. solution. And I'm sorry for you, David, because it is terrifying. I, I, I am going to screenshot this uh, for our social media because uh, people people need to see this, this moment that Matt has uh, managed to illuminate himself in the most terrifying way. Um, okay, uh, so uh, Italy is the other team. Tell me about Italy in in the, I mean are they very much the underdogs would you say in that group? Yes, I think so and they've been they've been dealt a blow because Camilla Giorgi who who is you know one of their best players is not here. Uh but they've got uh, Trevisan, Bronzetti and I think uh Canada and Switzerland were both asked about Italy and they said you know what to expect and that's a lot of fight, a lot of heart. Um, so I don't think I don't think you can really underestimate anyone in this competition. You know, it's the finals, and this this event has always had a had a history of throwing up surprises. So absolutely, Italy are in a really tough group because Switzerland and Canada have have both got uh, very strong teams. But you never know. And and players do tend to play above mm. their rankings, don't they? We've seen so many examples of that, and other players can just wither in the spotlight of having their nation mm. pulling for them. Yes. And I do wonder whether, you know, we, we heard Heinz Gunthardt there talk about the importance of doubles. Switzerland don't have a doubles specialist in their team, whereas if we're looking for where the difference might come in this group, Canada do. Canada have got uh, Dabrowski, who was at the WTA finals. She's a very, very good doubles player. And you, you sort of feel like she might be able to combine with anyone to to sort of boost the Canadian doubles team. So it's 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 going to be it's going to be very fine margins I think in this group. Mm. Okay. And in uh, group B we've got Australia, Slovakia and Belgium. So that will that will be getting underway as the first match of the day, won't it? Uh, Australia and Slovakia did you say? Yep, that's the one. Victoria Kuzmova. I can't I can't escape her. <laughs> oh. That's exciting. but but you haven't crossed paths yet in Glasgow, Matt? No. Uh, the Slovakian team held their held their press conferences uh, yesterday on the day that I arrived, so I wasn't actually at the venue yet. But What a blow. What a blow. Uh, <laughs> but m- maybe I'll speak to her tomorrow. She's got a very good record in this competition. She's won seven of her eight 
matches. And really? At, and, at, and at last year's finals, she beats Danielle Collins and the retiring Carla Suarez Navarro, which were very good wins for her. So they'll be they'll be sort of hoping that she can do more of the same against Australia, who are led by Aya Tomjanovic. Um, and their captain, Alicia Mollick, was pretty pretty bullish about their chances. You know, I think she's counting on a lot of other teams, as we've talked about, having a lot of fatigued players because they've either been playing right up to the end of the season or even in the WTA finals. I think Australia are quite fresh. They're quite ready for this event. And, you know, they reached the final of the old format in 2019. Last year, they really punched above their weight. Storm Sanders played really well and they they managed to reach the semifinals. So they're no pushovers either. Um, And then you've got Belgium in this group who have, of course, their number one player is Elise Mertens, but she's still at the WTA finals, so she she is arriving very late. So again, they're in a bit of a, a bit of a tricky spot as well. So it feels like a very very open group, I think, to me. This one maybe maybe the weakest group, but also very open. Yeah, but Belgium, they could be really strong, couldn't they? Because they'll be strong in doubles as well as singles. I would have thought. Yes, they've got Alison van Oetvank, um, who's a good singles player, good doubles player. Um, I think maybe even Kirsten Flipkins might be here. <laughs> which, of course. Which Catherine will be <laughs> delighted to hear. <laughs> She'll be straight up to Glasgow because she wants to see the continuation of the career that ended about six months ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, so that's Group B, Australia, Slovakia and Belgium. We've got Group C featuring Spain, Kazakhstan and Great Britain. I mean, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Tend to think of, because I'm British and because it's being held in Britain, I often think, oh, you know, Britain should do quite well in these things. But Britain have not been in the world group of this thing as in as long as I can remember and obviously the the format of this event has changed now um the team lost its its qualification tie didn't it back a, a few months back but got in because they got a wild card and they they're they're the the host uh nation for for, for this finals event but Anki Othavon, the captain very clearly said in her quotes today that I read that Britain is the underdog team in this in this group with Spain and Kazakhstan. I mean, is that how it feels to you? Yes, definitely. I think uh, they're absolutely relying on those sort of elements of this competition that you can't quite quantify, such as home advantage. And they're going to need that because uh, Kazakhstan have got Wimbledon champion Elena Rybakina in the team. And I think she's sort of their missing piece, really, because they've had... Zarina Diaz and Yulia Putintseva play brilliantly for them, but I think those are players that can only get you so far. And someone like Rybakina, Grand Slam champion, she just adds some real pedigree to that Kazakhstan team. And then you've got Spain, who have Paula Balosa in their ranks for the first time. She's making making her debut in the competition. I don't really know what to expect, to be honest. I mean... On paper, that obviously massively strengthens the Spanish team. But she's coming into this event having lost eight of, eight of her last 10 matches. And wow, without much confidence, without much form. Um, I was in that press conference today and she said a very interesting thing, that she's looking forward to 
stopping representing herself as Paula Badosa and instead representing Spain. She basically said that it's, it's been a tough year. There have been increased expectation, increased pressure, increased spotlight, and it, it's and some real mental struggles, I think, for her. Um, she She's already had a holiday. She's taken a break already and has come back specially for this. So she, she said she feels pretty refreshed and reset, and I think being part of a team environment will help. But, yeah, I just thought that was a, a sort of fascinating line, which she gave in Spanish, just that it's it's been hard being Paula Badosa this year. And I think at this event, she can just be part of a team. And hopefully this will be the event where it sort of all clicks for her again. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This edition of the Tennis Podcast is sponsored by Tennis Channel and Tennis Channel Plus is the place to watch the French Open. They've got every court live and you can watch on your phone or your smart TV, both in HD. Matt, this sounds like your kind of thing. Yeah, there's nothing I like more than watching multiple courts with matches everywhere, dipping in to where there's the latest final set tie break or even the latest bit of aggro. And David, don't worry, you can just watch your favourite court, Suzanne Longlen, all day if you want. But whatever you choose, the French Open promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Do you know, I think in a lot of ways, the French Open is now my favourite slam. It's the strategy of the clay court tennis, the way it challenges players, and particularly now with legends of the game up against a new generation of young players. I cannot wait. Be there when it happens with daily live coverage beginning on Monday, May the 20th. Subscribe to Tennis Channel Plus to stream daily coverage of Roland Garros. Use promo code TENNISPOD20 for 20% off your annual subscription. Yeah, I hope the best for her because, I mean, she's spoken about the mental struggle she's had around the sports in the earlier part of her career and, and, and she's far from alone in that in that respect but the fact that she speaks about it is of great help I think to other players to understand that it's normal to struggle and to to find it difficult to cope really with your own expectations and the expectations of other people I mean Maria Sakkari's talked a lot recently about it I think that there are some similarities there in in some respects um but I couldn't help but thinking that when you you referenced her holiday 
immediately that got my hackles up because I've already seen two players today post about their holidays in the Maldives and the Seychelles. Um, so <laughs> I think it's time for me to get off Instagram f- for the next six weeks. Isn't it's it? that time of year, isn't it? It was one of them, Denis Shapovalov. I saw, it was, I saw yes. his post. Yeah, <laughs> He seemed delighted with his circumstances. And, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't didn't, you know, I'm quite pleased for him and everything. And, um, you know, just I just don't want to know about it. All right, go and enjoy yourself quietly on your own. <laughs> Maybe I should just unfollow. Anyway, uh, who, who have we got in there? So that, hold on a minute, that starts tomorrow. Uh, Britain against Kazakhstan. That's 4 p.m. local time, isn't it? Um, with the Australia uh, against Slovakia match first thing in the morning at 10 o'clock uh, local time. Then we've got Group D, which is Czech Republic, USA and Poland. I mean... It is a shame, of course, that Iga Świątek isn't there because, I mean, just imagine if she was. You've got Czech Republic, who've got to be one of the strongest teams, certainly the strongest team over the last decade in this competition. The USA needs no introduction and is really strong now, even if Pegula is out. And you've got Poland, who would have been represented by the world number one. It is a shame she's not there. It is a big shame. There were some rumours this morning among some very optimistic people that she might have a change of heart and that when Ooh, yeah. when the 11am <laughs> when the 11am deadline for final team nominations came perhaps she would be she would be in it but to me that never felt likely you know i think no. as as much as anything she's making a point isn't she with her withdrawal from this event she wants change she doesn't want these two events to be so close together in the calendar and had she then turned up I don't know would that have weakened her argument in any way maybe not but I think you know it's it's kind of you know she she's made it clear that the decision she's made and the reasons for it and yeah it would have been a u-turn you know reminiscent of a Liz Truss government if she (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if she'd done it and i just i just never felt like that was going to happen <laughs> <laughs> no um and i mean look i don't think anybody is defending or saying that it is the ideal situation it's far mm. from the ideal situation to be finishing the wta finals more or less at the same time as this event is starting yeah absolutely i have a lot of respect for all the players who are trying to make it work. You know, Coco Goff, uh, Craig Chikova and Siniakova, Elise Mertens, they're all coming over at the last minute. I have huge amounts of respect for that. To be honest, I also have a lot of respect for the for the decision Igor Svantec made and the decision that Jessica Pagula has made that, you know, there are limits and pushing yourself too far can have knock-on consequences. So I don't, I don't, sort of think anyone here has made a bad decision on a on a personal level it's just as you said deeply unfortunate that these two events for the second year in a row are back to back like this with massive time differences and players are being forced to make difficult decisions that they don't want to have to take Mm. yeah and and the itf have made it clear that they're seeking solutions for the future. I'm sure the WTA are as well. And we were talking a couple of days ago about how the WTA finals are trying to figure out their their location and their date year to year at the moment. It is it is a really tough environment out there in the marketplace at the moment. But 
yeah, everybody knows that this isn't ideal either because it's hurting this event. It's hurting the players who can't go. It's play. It's hurting the players who can go who face this incredibly tight turnaround. Um, the Czech Republic, USA, and Poland. What what sort of turnout? Who who are the who are the picks? Do you think for these t- teams? Because I mean, in particularly in the case of Czech Republic, they're they've got such an embarrassment of riches, really amongst their entire top 10 rankings in the country. Yeah, absolutely. So Krejčíkova and Siniakova are down to play. Obviously, they're they're in the final tonight in, in Fort Worth. They'll be coming over here late. But even without them, they've still got Karolina Pliskova, Karolina Mukova, and sort of back from the wilderness, Marketa Vondrosheva, who won, I think, singles and doubles last week in Shrewsbury at the event, uh, which is run by the tennis podcast listener and friend of ours, Dave Cortine over there. It's a, it's a great LTA event. They get a lot of good players and Von Drosheva sort of made her comeback there and, and, and won it. So, you know, she sort of played herself into form perhaps already. So, yeah, a, a very, very strong Czech team and their clash with the USA is Friday night here. So I think, you know, that that feels like the tie of the group stages, even though there are lots of good ones. Mm. Who, who did Poland go with now in the absence of Sviento? They have the officially tricky Magda Lynette. Okay, yeah. Uh, and then they also have Magdalena Frech, who I remember played a very good match at uh, Roland Garros this year, I think against Angelique Kerber, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. that was a cracker, wasn't mm. it? Yeah. And um, and then they've got uh, Martina Kupka and Katerina Kawa as well. Um, so yeah, d- definitely a weakened team. But kind of as we said about Italy, you know, you just although they're in a tough group, you can't underestimate them. Mm. No, you can't. Oh, it's going to be very interesting over the next uh, few days. Can't wait for it all. Can't hope there's a great atmosphere. Hope Matt finds some lights. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually becoming increasingly worried that I might be locked in. <laughs> oh, God. It's going well. It's going well, folks. I, uh, at least I've done a screenshot of Matt in his Blair Witch Project uh, <laughs> dimly lit <laughs> surroundings. It's, this is amazing. I'm never going to forget this. So much always happens to Matt when he's on location at these events for us. I actually did a podcast completely in the dark with Chris Clary at the Davis Cup finals. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the first time I'd ever introduced myself to Chris Clary and he must have thought I was an absolute idiot because I'd chosen a I'd chosen a location we were plunged into darkness about 10 minutes into recording and Chris being the excellent guy that he is just just ploughed on and <laughs> we, and we got and we got an interview in the bag. <laughs> Yeah, the good news is we just tell you what happens anyway, um, regardless. So, fantastic. Well, it all starts tomorrow, 10 o'clock, Australia against Slovakia, local time. Uh, then GB against Kazakhstan at 4 p.m. As mentioned, Billie Jean King Cup Finals uh, website is the place to go for tickets. Uh, we'll, we'll have the link for you in our show notes. We also have, Matt, uh, a, a, a mascot for this particular episode, which is Mocha. And I remember Mocha from last year as well. We also had Mocha as a, as a mascot then. Owned by Ryan Riley, uh, Mocha is a two-year-old chocolate Labrador retriever. Her parents were from Poland, but she was born in the UK where uh, Ryan lives with Mocha. And uh, 
Mocha loves spending time chasing tennis balls, watching tennis, and of course, eating and sleeping. So quite possibly related to Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and anyway, we'll, we'll send... Uh, We'll send a picture of Mocha to Catherine immediately because uh, that will uh, improve her spirits immensely. Mocha's there lying in the grass with a tennis ball uh, in front and uh, just just looking ready to go, frankly. Ready to go with the Billie Jean King Cup finals. Uh, if Matt can find a way out of this uh, <laughs> locked room that he appears to be in. Um, uh, anything else uh, you want to report, Matt, before I send you off to go and get some sleep and some food and to get yourself rested and ready? No, I don't think so. Oh, no, actually, yes. I, I, I found out today that the winners of the Billie Jean King Cup finals this week will be given uh, special blue jackets, a bit like the winners of the Masters in golf are given green jackets. And blue is apparently a colour that Billie Jean King herself wore a lot throughout her career. And she has written a message that will be stitched on the inside of every jacket. And um, it will be, you know, to to remind the players that the jacket represents ambition, gender equality, and the progress made by women in sport. So I thought that was that was quite a nice touch this year. Yeah, it's beautiful. We'll, we'll retweet that uh, post by Billie Jean King, which shows this jacket designed by Tory Birch, the uh, designer. And it, I, I do, I think it's a lovely touch, actually. And I think it's the sort of thing that will will grow in appeal mm. as years go on. You know, that it'll become synonymous with the event and uh, and good for them that they're doing that. And, and Billie Jean, I imagine, is going to be uh, in your company at some point uh, over the next uh, week. Hope you get to see her. She has touched down... In Glasgow today, I am told. Fantastic. Hello, Billy Jean. She's <laughs> listening right now. Hello, Alana, uh, who's also with her. Uh, and it's a, it's going to be a fantastic week. I'm sure it is. Um, we have our own personal mascots. I have Darwin. Uh, Catherine has Carter. Matt has the dearly departed Gerald. Billy Jean the dog is sponsored by Billy Jean King and Alana Kloss. It's amazing. Uh, Chris Albert Lee and Carl Weingartner are our executive producers and top blokes. And we have some shout outs, Matt. We do. We have Elizabeth Armstrong in Brookline, Massachusetts. All right, Elizabeth. Brookline in Massachusetts. Have I ever been there before? No, I haven't. I want to go, though. It sounds very nice. Elizabeth. Do we have any Elizabeths playing tennis? I can't think of any. No, I can't think of any either. I'm sure people will tell us. If there are any, yeah, the shouting at their uh, at their devices right now, like I was over Laurie McNeil the other day, <laughs> when you couldn't come up with any lorries. Uh, but anyway, lovely to have you with us, Elizabeth. Thank you. We've also got Jeff and Kate Cochran in Redmond, Washington, USA. All right, Jeff and Kate, thanks so much. Coming as a pair, I like that. Supporting the tennis podcast and friends. We have Jeff Tarango. We do, absolutely. And do we have any Kate? Kate? We have some KTs, don't we? Katie Bolter is here. Yeah, she's she's she likes the old Fed Cup and now the Billie Jean King Cup, doesn't she? She's played some of her best stuff there. And actually, it was interesting reading the article today about her big wins against Kazakhstan. That was really where she announced mm. herself to a lot of people in Britain, I think, and as a real big stage player. But then she had a stress fracture of her back, which put her back, and she's never really managed to to get to that level again. I mean, she had a great result at Wimbledon this year, beating Karolina Pliskova. 
Um, but uh, who knows? Maybe she can rise to the challenge again. See, that's that's helped us, Kate, to get her, get another anecdote out. <laughs> We've also got Matthew Moverhead in Los Angeles. Right, Matthew. Great name. Not bad. Not bad. Like Ma- like Matthew Roberts, who's currently in the dark. <laughs> Matthew, um, L.A. Oh, with some good tennis players over from L.A. Um, and uh, I, I, I went, uh, did, did you know, I, I touched down in L.A. when I was driving to Indian Wells and I exited LAX airport. And uh, my wife said, uh, you've got the map, yeah? And I said, yeah, yeah, but I, I know where we're going. <laughs> Turns out I didn't. <laughs> I went completely the wrong way. Anyway, <laughs> thank you, Matthew. I feel like there's always a lot of anecdotes from that trip. I feel like it was a very eventful trip that you had. It comes it, it up was. a lot. I haven't even. Stu- it, I, I suspect we haven't even scratched the surface yet. I, I made a lot of errors <laughs> while I was over there. But anyway, not to worry. We've got Brett Halsey in Miami. Right, Brett. Like Brett Stephen, who was a tennis player from New Zealand, I think. You're on your own with this one, David. <laughs> I better look that up. <laughs> I've actually thought of an Elizabeth. Oh, have you? Elizabeth. Who have you got? I've got Elizabeth Mandlick, the uh, daughter of Hannah Mandlikova. Oh, that's good. That is very good. Uh, and I can tell you that Brett Stephen was a tennis player from New Zealand, ranked 53 in the world in the 90s. <laughs> so I'm very proud. Of course, it was the 90s. <laughs> Thank you, Brett. And the final one today is for Steve Shine, who is in Oregon. And Steve says that his claim to fame is that in the 1970s, he was a mid-level junior on the East Coast and he won three games off McEnroe when they were both (gasps) 13 years old. How cool is that? I'm guessing... That is amazing. I'm guessing John, John McEnroe. I mean, it would also be impressive to have won three games off Patrick McEnroe just slightly less impressive. I reckon he won six against yeah. Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you all so much for uh, supporting the Tennis Podcast, for being a friend of the Tennis Podcast. That's what gives you access to all of our bonus content. That includes Q&As with Catherine Matt and myself, uh, review shows of, the, of each of the four Grand Slams with contributions from some of our favourite people on voice notes. Uh, we've also got Tennis Relived, where we tell the story of people like Juan Martin Del Potro, as we did earlier this year, and Lee Nahr, and, and so many of the other great players of the past and stories of the past to do with the Grand Slam and we're going to be opening that out next year and doing many, many more uh, nostalgic lookbacks as well. Matt gets to go to the Wimbledon Library and just really get stuck into his research. I get to interview anybody I can talk to uh, from my little black book of contacts or phone, as it's known (laughs) these days. Uh, (laughs) But uh, um, Yeah, anyway, that's what happens if you become a friend of the Tennis Podcast. You get access to all of that. You can get shout-outs. You can get intros to the show. we're going to very soon be opening up uh, in a month's time pet mascots and all that sort of jazz that we have once a year for six weeks. We'll be doing that from uh, December the 8th. Uh, but for now, we're going to be doing daily tennis podcasts from the Billie Jean King Cup finals with Matt on location in a dark room that is locked. We'll see if he gets out tomorrow. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 